Hello, welcome to another episode of the Chris Wheatley Show, National World's brand new weekly podcast that aims to keep you in the know on all things Premier League. I'm your host, Jason Jones. I'm joined as always by Chris Wheatley. We'll be joined by Liverpool World's Will Rooney a little later on as well. We'll be discussing all sorts of things as the season progresses, but this week we'll be taking a closer look at a number of Arsenal contract situations. We'll be looking ahead to the Everton clash in midweek. We'll be putting your listener questions to Chris as well. So without further ado, Chris, always good to see you, mate. We've got plenty to get through again today. It's a, a busy week in North London, I think it's fair to say, a couple of games. Uh, and plenty going on as well behind the scenes in terms of contract situations. We're hearing that Bakayo Saka is getting closer and closer to signing a new deal uh, at the Emirates. Do you just sort of want to shed a little bit of light on that for us? Yeah, Jace, thanks for having me. Good to see you as well. Um, yeah, in terms of Arsenal contracts, we know that Bakayo Saka is close to signing a new long-term deal at the club. Um, the club have been in talks with Saka for about 13 months now, so it's been ongoing for a long time. And I think Saka is clearly one of the best young players in Europe, so Arsenal have wanted to time down for a while. I think his agents have been fairly difficult to kind of negotiate with. They've had previous players at Arsenal, the likes of Chuba Akpom, Alex Awobi, um, more recently, Reese Nelson, who's obviously still at the club. Um, so they, they they drive a hard bargain, like most agents do, of course. Um, but Saka is close to committing. It's agreed in principle, a few minor details left before he signs on the dotted line. Um, so that is good news for Arsenal, of course. But it's not just Saka who is close to renewing. William Saliba, centre-back, of course. He's had a great season, his first full season in English football, uh, since that loan spell at Marseille. And he's had a couple of loan spells in France, actually. So Saliba is in talks. We expect him to stay. He wants to stay. Very happy at Arsenal in London, uh, despite some people suggesting that he had a fight with Gabriel uh, in the game against Leicester. Um, it turned out that those kind of pictures or videos maybe didn't tell the full story. And I think they were just having a a talk after the game, like a lot of players do. Um, and Mikel Arteta said that they're in a happy marriage. So William Saliba, uh, close to committing as well. So Granit Xhaka as well is another player who Arsenal want to extend uh, the contract of. He's a Swiss midfielder, um, still has a year or so to run on his current deal. But his experience, his leadership is highly valued from Mikel Arteta. He's already... Um, been in talks for a while with the club and Mohamed Elneny um, also signed a, a contract recently. So Arsenal are trying to tie uh, down the futures of their best players. I think that's a good sign. Granit Xhaka is an experienced midfielder, uh, loves the club, he's happy in London and he's also um, got ambitions of being a coach. He's on the PFA coaching course with uh, Mohamed Elneny. Uh, we've seen Jack Wilshere uh, going to coaching as well. Arsenal and Arteta have supported Jack Wilshere and he's currently the under-18s manager. So you can see um, what Arsenal are trying to do here. They're, they're really keeping um, that kind of family ethos in the club. And I think Xhaka is someone who really has served the club well uh, and a new contract would be fully deserved. I mean, you've sort of touched on it there, Chris, but when you look at the likes of Saka and Saliba, very much the the next generation, if you like, of Arsenal, even though they're performing so well at the moment. And then you look at the likes of Granit Xhaka and the experience he brings to that dressing room. 
you know, it really speaks to the sort of project that Mikel Arteta is, is bringing together at the Emirates, doesn't it? You know, that whole spectrum of, of youth and experience. And to be able to tie both ends of that spectrum down to new deals would, would be a huge thing for the club. Yeah, I, I don't know whether the stat is still relevant, but we know that Arsenal did have one of the youngest squads in the Premier League. And I think a big part of that is the fact that they really have given a chance to academy graduates, the likes of Bukayo Saka, um, and ML Smith Rowe more in previous seasons. But I think the fact that these kind of players are, are coming up the ranks and even someone like William Saliba, who was bought very young by Unai Emery when he was at the club, um, a lot of people weren't sure whether or not he was going to get his chance. He's come in now after two loan spells and he's really shown exactly how good he is. And I think a lot of Arsenal fans um, were keeping tabs on someone like Saliba because they really felt that he had the potential to become one of the best defenders in Europe. And right now, he's really showing that that form after a dip recently. He's he's showing exactly what he can do. So, yeah, no, it's a really exciting time uh, for, to be an Arsenal fan. I think, you know, top of the league, uh, the way the team are playing at the moment, there's a lot of players who are um, exciting the fans. And I think um, when you look in the academy as well, there, there's a lot of talented players. So, yeah, I think Mikel Arteta has a lot of uh, exciting options to choose from. Um, and yeah, I think long may it continue. Now, Arsenal play Everton on Wednesday night, a rearranged fixture from earlier in the season. And a fixture which could ultimately present something of a banana skin for Mikel Arteta's men, given that only recently the Toffees picked up a 1-0 win over the Gunners in Sean Dyche's first game in charge. Will Rooney's joined us on the podcast, first time on the Chris Wheatley show. Pleasure to see you, Will. As our sort of resident man on Merseyside, do you want to maybe just give us a bit of a rundown on uh, on how things are at Goodison Park and how the general mood has changed a bit since Sean Dyche has come in? Yeah, the mood's definitely picked up a little bit since Sean Dyche arrives. Four games in, six points um, garnered so far. Win against Leeds, win against Arsenal, as you, as you mentioned. Um, and I think looking at the fixtures... A lot of Everton fans would have taken that from his, his opening four games, obviously playing Arsenal. Supporters just wanted to see a decent performance, really, in that game. And then the Merseyside derby as well. Everton traditionally don't get a lot of out of that game at Anfield and obviously beat Leeds in a, in a real poor game. And But the problems came to the fore against Aston Villa. That, you know, sort of after that new bounce effect wore off, Everton's problems in front of goal, late bear against Villa and just couldn't put the ball in the back of the net. Obviously, Dominic Calvert-Lewin continued injury problems he's had for the past 18 months. Yeah, things in terms of the supporters of hope of staying up have, have picked up, but still very much a a, um, a bit of fractured relationship, let's say, between the, the fans and the board. There's been protests at the, the past three home games outside of the stadium and a sitting protest as well, Evan. Boards haven't been at the, the previous four matches. So, yeah, it's a funny one. And, but I think Everton fans have, have shown that just because they are against the board, it doesn't mean that they aren't going to back the team and the manager in this um, relegation top fight. Will, you, you mentioned the unrest with the owners. Do you think that that's kind of affected the players? And is it something they're aware of? I think they're very much aware of it, yeah, because I think... After that Southampton game, I think it was when you know your supporters stopping the players because that was born out of frustration towards the the owner Farhad Mashiri and the and the boards. As it has an effect on the players, I don't think so too much because 
players ultimately are, are, are quite isolated from from that sort of politics and yeah the players I don't think have had too much of an effect maybe it's boiled over at times and you know they've for this is some good sport yeah I don't think the players will be thinking well just because Everton fans want Bill Kenwright and Denise Barrett Baxendale out the that it should have an effect on our performance because I think it will be a little bit of a cop out if that was, and then Everton fans will ultimately turn on the uh, on the players. To be frank, if if they come out with that sort of that sort of stance, obviously Everton picked up a, a fantastic result against Arsenal last time the two sides met. It was in a lot of respects, well, a bit of a classic Sean Dyche performance. Very resolute defensively, a bit of a smash and grab for want of a sort of better term. Do you think we'll expect to see a similar sort of setup when the two sides meet in North London on on Wednesday? Yeah, I think so. I think it'll be that four five one he's been playing. Maybe he might even go up to five at the back. To be honest with you, because Everton in their best performances this season, I mean, they went and got a point at Manchester City, which no one thought they would go and get um, on New Year's Eve. So maybe Dice might look at going five at the back, but yeah, it'll be. Pragmatic, to be honest with you, nothing more than that. I mean, you know, Evans have struggled to score goals all season. Never mind trying to score a goal on the road at, at Arsenal. Maybe if Evans can nick something on the break, like Tamari Gray's is at, at Man City, then that might be a bonus. But I don't think too many fans are hopeful going into this game. John Dice won't be writing it off as such, but Evans have got a much bigger game against Nottingham Forest on on Sunday, and that's the priority if they get anything. It's a bonus, but. Yeah, if, if if they walk away and and suffer a three 0 defeat, then I don't think anyone is is going to be surprised. But yeah, they're just going to try and make it hard to, to beat for for Arsenal. But maybe they're not going to be as proactive on the counter attack. It might just be a little bit more, but I say a bit more pragmatic, not throwing as many men forward because they haven't been getting more players into the box. But they might be a little bit more reserved. And Chris, how does Mikel Arteta approach this game? Obviously, you know, 1-0 defeat last time out against Everton. Do you see him maybe changing his tactical approach at all? Or do you think that he'll have faith in, in, in the system that has served him so well for the vast majority of this season? No, I don't think Arteta will change too much, to be honest. Um, Arsenal haven't really tinkered with their team this season. Um, only recently when results have... Um, worsened a little bit have they decided to make some changes in the starting 11 um, I think Eddie Nketiah is someone who might come back into the team um, Leandro Trossard has impressed in recent games January signing he looks some. he looks like someone who um, is just ready made for that Arsenal team and I guess that's obviously because he's got a lot of Premier League experience but in terms of like actual changes in the starting eleven, I don't expect Mikel Arteta to really make too many. Um, I think it will be a very similar team um, to the to the team that beat Leicester. Um, and yeah, I, I think Arteta knows exactly um, what he's going to do going into this game. Again, Arsenal playing at home, so I think they're going to be pretty confident um, as well. Um, but yeah, Sean Dyche always offers up a, an interesting kind of uh, opposition. Um, whoever he, he plays against. And I think it will be interesting to see um, how Everton fare tomorrow. I am interested to, to know Will's score prediction as well, though. I can't see having scored, and I'll be honest with you. So uh, there'll certainly be an, a north in that column. And I can't see Arsenal not scoring as well. So uh, I'll go with 
2 0 to Arsenal, I think I think it'll be fairly comfortable, and they might not get out of third gear in this one. And Everton have just got to take it on the chin and go to Forest and prioritise that one for me. I'll go for a 2-1 Arsenal. I think Everton might nick a goal on the counter, like you suggested. It's that time of the week again, Chris. Plenty of listener questions, as always, for you, mate. We'll start with a question from Ugbeer, who's asking what the situation is between Arsenal and any potential interest in Eintracht Frankfurt defender Evan Ndika. He's a player who we've seen linked with a, a number of English clubs in the past. Do you, do you think there's any anything in that one? Yeah, really highly rated defender. Someone that, as you mentioned, a whole host of clubs in Europe are looking to sign this defender. I think he didn't leave in January because he's waiting for that summer move. Um, contract expires in the summer. And he's a player that clearly a lot of clubs are going to be after. So, yeah, I think there is certainly interest there. Whether Arsenal formalise that is another question altogether. Uh, as we mentioned as well, William Saliba is in talks over signing a new contract. And they also have Jakob Kivior, who is another player who's really highly rated and signed in January. So I think if Arsenal do sign a defender this summer, they're going to be looking at that right-back area. That's an area they do want to strengthen in. Cedric Suarez is likely to be moved on, currently on loan at Fulham. Uh, Takahiro Tomoyasu has obviously been in and out of the side. Uh, ben White is not a natural right-back. So I think Arsenal are going to be looking for uh, a natural right-back this summer uh, to bolster their ranks. But yeah, there's certainly interest um, in uh, the young Frankfurt defender. Whether they formalise that, though, is another question. So in regards to Ben White, so would the priority with him eventually be to move him back into a more sort of central berth? I think so, yeah. I mean, this season at right-back, he's been caught or found out a few times. Um, and I think that's why Takahiro Tomiyasu came in to the team recently because uh, Ben White was starting to show weaknesses in that area. And I think that's why Mikel Arteta uh, decided to kind of give Takahiro Tomiyasu a run in the team. But yeah, I think the long-term plan for Ben White is for him to start as a centre-back. Um, the fact is, though, this season, William Saliba and Gabriel have created a formidable partnership at centre-back. Um, but that's not to say that Ben White won't be used at right back in certain games. I think it just depends on the opposition, the game itself, uh, and who he's coming up against on the flanks, of course. Um, but yeah, I think um, that's a kind of variable situation. It's one that's likely to change, but Arsenal are definitely going to be uh, in the market for a right back this summer. You mentioned him before. Obviously, they signed Jacob Kivior in January. Uh, we've got a question here from Magali who's asking when we can expect to see him in the sort of first team setup uh, at the Emirates. I think he's close. I think he's close to be given a chance in the first team. Uh, I think one thing you, as we just spoke about is that Gabriel and William Saliba are just formidable in defence. It's really difficult to kind of displace one of them at the moment. Uh, next season, there's probably going to be more chances for him to play. Uh, especially with Arsenal likely to qualify for the Champions League. There'll be more games, um, the cup competitions as well. He might get a chance to feature in. He also played for the under-21s the other night with ML Smith-Rowe as well, and he really did impress. Arsenal fans were posting clips of Kivior's performance on social media. His passing got a lot of admiration. I think those diagonals he seems to be really good at, um, and that's clearly a, a good sign that Arsenal have bought um, a talented young player. And in fact, as well, his um, team in Italy that he joined from Spezia have actually uh, kind of fallen away in Italy. 
since he left the club. I don't know whether or not it's a coincidence that their kind of star central defender left and their form's uh, gone down. But I think Arsenal have got themselves a really talented centre-back. So he's certainly one uh, to watch out for in the next uh, few months. Well, uh, we'll stick with the defenders for a bit, Chris. We've had a few questions on Rob Holden's situation at the moment. Obviously, you're not getting a great deal of playing time uh, under Mikel Arteta, as we've alluded to, largely because of the wealth of options that he has. But going forward, do you think he's a player who can work his way back into the fold or is he perhaps a player who might sort of struggle to to secure a long-term future at the club? Well, we know everyone at Arsenal really does admire Rob Holding. Mikel Arteta is a big fan of Holding. For a number of reasons, he's part of the kind of leadership group at the club. Um, he's a great character. He's really good on the training ground. Very similar to Mohamed Elneny in Granit Xhaka in that sense, that he's one of these players that when co- when called upon, Mikel Arteta can really rely on him. And I think it's going to be difficult for him to break into the team purely for the fact that Arsenal have got so many centre-backs now. And I think Holding has seen more of a kind of squad player um, than anything else right now. Certainly, I think if an offer came in, which was, um, you know, seen as a kind of decent offer for him, I think Arsenal would consider it. But I think right now, Mikel Arteta likes to have those kind of characters at the club. And especially now when they're competing for a league title, I think there's a there's a good chance that he'll want to keep hold of uh, someone like Rob Holding. And I don't, I don't think Rob Holding is um, by any means disillusioned with his kind of... Um, lack of appearances at the club. I'm sure he wants to play more, um, but he's part of a, a team which is uh, on course to, to win the league title. So I think um, as things stand, he's uh, he's in a good mood. And I think, um, yeah, chances are going to be difficult for him to get game time, but he'll be hopeful maybe next season, again, in the cup competitions, a feature. And that's kind of the thing, isn't it? I think as fans, we sort of forget that a team is not just the 11 players on the pitch you know it's very much the strength of your squad and not every player can be a starter every week you know but that doesn't devalue in any way the, the importance that a player like Holden would have to make a lot out of squad absolutely I, I think Holding is has shown how useful he can be um, in previous seasons I, I remember there's a famous Arsene Wenger quote where he said um, you should be happy um, Rob Holding had a great game today he's from England um, but he didn't cost 55 million. So so that's why nobody's talking about him. Um, and I think that that's a really famous quote from Arsene Wenger. And it's kind of turned out to be right because he was bought for, for £1 million from Bolton. Uh, and he's really kind of proven to be a, a bargain in terms of what he offers Arsenal. He, you know, he's been there as Arsenal have won FA Cups. He's been there. He's done that. He's got lots of experience and Arteta wants these kind of players at the club who are good characters as well. And I think that's one of the reasons that holding has kind of stayed for so long. And finally, we've got a question here from Jess, who's asking Chris, which three academy players, current academy players, are you most excited about at Arsenal? And if you had to compare them to maybe former Arsenal players, players of yesteryear, who, who, would, you, uh, who would you pick them out as? <sighs> that's, a, that's a good question. I, I think... Um, at the moment, there's a young player, Amario Cozio Dubri, who has been featuring in matchday squads. He hasn't really uh, played for the first team, but he's had a lot of opportunities to kind of be part of the first team setup. Um, and he's really highly rated. Um, difficult to kind of compare him to to previous players. He's a he's a winger forward who 
is really exciting, really skillful, um, able to kind of beat players one-on-one. Um, yeah, I, I'm not quite sure who I'd compare him to, but he's certainly one of the most talented players in that Arsenal uh, academy right now. Uh, the other player is Catalin Serjan. Now, this is a really interesting one. He's a, a Romanian youngster who has been plagued by injury problems over the past few years. But from what I understand, when Mikel Arteta first joined Arsenal, he saw Serjan as Arsenal's best academy prospect. He, he thought this kid is going to be the best player from our academy. Now, so far, it hasn't turned out to be um, quite so like that. But I think that's mostly down to the fact that, that he's had a lot of injuries. A lot of people at Arsenal rate this boy. He's very, very talented. And I think um, over the next season, if he stays fit, he might end up getting a chance in the first team. Could also go out on loan. But I think if he gets the opportunity, he's going to show a lot of people what he can do. And as I say, Mikel Arteta likes him. So I think that's also a pretty good sign. Uh, And the final player I would choose, maybe uh, I'm cheating a little bit here, but I would say Charlie Patino. I know he's not exactly an academy player, but he's come up from the academy ranks. Uh, He's currently on loan at Blackpool, the championship side. And he's really impressing. I think he's made 26, 27 appearances in the championship. Um, For such a young player, it shows how well he's doing. Mick McCarthy, the Blackpool boss, has spoken about him recently and said that he's pretty much burnt out from the amount of games he's playing, but says Patino is going to be a star. Uh, I think everyone knows that as well at Arsenal and people who have watched him play as well. He's a really talented midfielder. Um, and we're talking about comparing players. I mean, he has been compared to Cesc Fabregas and Jack Wilshere for his kind of passing ability. But I think he's a really unique player. He, he's so capable of taking on players and uh, and doing, you know, really kind of magical things in terms of his passing uh, and movement. So, yeah, those are the three players I'd pick. Um, maybe Patino doesn't count, but regardless, I think they all have a big future ahead of them in the game. That's all we've got time for on this week's show. Join us again next week when we'll be discussing all of the latest Premier League news and developments. In the meantime, follow all the latest sports news at www.nationalworld.com. Check us out on Facebook and Twitter at National World. Thanks to Chris. Thanks to you for listening. The show is produced by Mark Wilson.